Hey all, it's Paul from Drums and Rums, where the backbeats meet the spirits. A podcast about drums, rums, and everything in between. Our fourth and final podcast of March for Celebration of Women's History Month is with Katie Darling, CEO of Celebration Distillation, makers of Old New Orleans rum and a product called Gingeroo. In this podcast, if you hear machinery in the background, you're not hearing things. As Katie chats with me from within the old New Orleans distillery. I learned about the company, how it got started over 25 years ago, how they came back from Hurricane Katrina, to what Gingeru is. Also, Jami from Ready Set Rum reviews the old New Orleans offerings, the crystal, the amber, and the Cajun spice. Now here's our opening track that Katie turned me on to. Take Me to the Good Times by The Sufferers. What an awesome tune with a positive feel and vibe. Yeah. 
Hey all, it's Paul from Drums and Rums, where the backbeats meets the spirits, episode 36. On this podcast, we're continuing our celebration of Women's History Month with women who are in the rum industry or those who are drummers. Our guest is CEO of Celebration Distillation, the country's oldest continually operated rum distillery located in New Orleans. She's also the president of the Louisiana Distillers Guild. We're going to talk about her journey of working in craft cocktail bars to becoming the CEO, the products at Celebration Distillation, and also we're going to find out what Gingeru is. I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Katie Darling. Hi, Katie. How are you doing? I'm good, Paul. Thanks for having me. Yes. Yes. I'm so so glad to have you on. Um, but yeah, the, the, home, the home of the hurricane, right? So where rum, rum is probably the most uh, plentiful as well, so... Can you tell us a little bit about, about yourself that, um, other, other than what I had mentioned there? Sure. Well, I should start off by saying I was the president of the Louisiana Distillers Guild, oh. but last year, um, Andrew Lowfield stepped up to the plate um, to take that over for me, but we still work very closely together. And the Guild has been such an accomplishment, I think, for the industry and for the state. You know, bringing distillers together was something we had wanted to do for many years. And I was so happy to be, you know, a founding member and the president for the first couple of years. So um, I've been in Louisiana about 10 years. I've been in New Orleans about 10 years. Um, before that, I lived in New York, San Francisco, Los Angeles. I'm originally from Sacramento, California. And, you know... I fell in love with New Orleans, you know, in the summertime at a cocktail conference called Tales of the Cocktail. And I said, this is it. This is going to be my home. And I moved here and it has been um, just incredible. You know, the city has given me more gifts than I could have asked for. It, 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 there's so much. There's so much history, right, to uh, New Orleans. There's so much to, as you said, to, to fall in love with the there's so much mystery. There's the uh so many different uh so much culture and and art and um so yeah it's i've only been to new orleans once and it was a short trip and and, I, and it was uh i i wanted yeah i want to go back and because i know there's so much the music the music i almost i told somebody i said there there's there's not one bar on bourbon street that the band is like it's almost like like Nashville to in a certain sense that there's a 
there's no good there's no bad musicians playing in a in a, in a bar or places in in uh, new orleans no we take it for granted you know when um when my daughter went back to school they had a brass band that played in front of her school welcoming all the kids back and i was like only in new orleans do you get a brass band on the first day of school you know like we're so lucky to have music everywhere throughout the city and to have it be just like a part of our life i mean it's we're very lucky oh i can't hear you again Sorry. Um, oh, there we go. The Foo Fighters had done a documentary about the recording of their uh, album, uh, and they were going to different cities, and one of them they were in New Orleans, and they met with local musicians at each of the locations, and they were recorded a song with uh, Trombone uh, Shorty. And or I said, did I say that right? Yeah. I think I, think I And uh, so it was definitely, uh, you know, I love that history, the, the tying in all those things. So, but yeah, there, there's so I, I know I, I've, I've told my wife, I says, we definitely got to go back because there's so much and, and, and it's to take in that you can only see so much here. So, yeah, it's so much that I moved here and was like, I can never leave because there's just like endless, you know, like celebration in the city. And, right. you know, James, the owner of the distillery. I mean, I think that's why he named the distillery Celebration Distillation. It was to honor the spirit of the city and to create the cocktails and rums that would em embody the celebration of the city. Right. So, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the founder there, because I think that's a very interesting part of obviously the the company uh, kind of gives some of the, uh, from what I've you know been reading, is the passion and and uh, how it ties his his uh, background in art and and I'll, I want to talk to you a little bit about the uh, the the I think I don't know if I want to call it like a, a cool surprise that's inside the bottle that you have to uh, uh, look at. So, um, but yeah, can you talk a little bit about uh, uh, James? I would love to. So James Michalopoulos is one of the most incredible human beings I think you could ever meet. Um, he's dynamic and he's unique. Like there's all, like he's one of a kind. And that's kind of the way he lives life. Like one of a kind. Like he's an inventor, a creator, an artist. And he, he creates products from that artist's heart and from that artist's spirit. And so it was in the early 90s that he took an artist's approach to making rum. And he did that by collecting and using repurposed dairy equipment to plumb and pipe and put together this kind of homegrown distillery in the early 90s, you know, on Frenchman Street in New Orleans. And he, he was working with musicians and brewer friends people that he was you know hanging out with on over on decatur street having coffee with and said hey i've got this idea let's build this together and to this day i've never seen another distillery that looks like ours because he created it from that artist um 
spirit with other artists and artisans. And that that's what he continues to do inside of the product development here at Celebration Distillation. And that's where the product Ginger Roo what came from, you know, Ginger Roo is a spicy ginger cocktail with cayenne pepper and it soared to, to be our number one product over time. It's sparkling, it's carbonated, you know, and there's nothing like it. So that's like who James is. He creates these very, um, unique products that just didn't exist. Now, while cocktails obviously existed and bottled cocktails existed, they're really, you know, became popular in like, you know, 2000, the late 2000s maybe, and became very popular, you know, over the last 10 years. And James right. started working on that product, like also in the nineties. So, um, he tends to be like ahead of trends also, which is something that's been really fun in working with him. Um, you know, as, someone who is a partner in the business um it's nice to have someone who's so creative you know leading the way of innovation right and and it's something on the website there it says we are the art of celebration so which is Mm -hmm. really cool oh and he's so much fun he throws the best parties and like he just loves people so much he's like it's all about the people you know right so that I'm sure that was pretty hard for, and we'll talk a little bit about obviously uh, the distillery, but as well as uh, yourself, and then probably for him as well as this past year being in you know lockdown and distancing, and for probably obviously I would imagine he's you know what you described as an extrovert, so being you know away from groups of people probably been very difficult for obviously for him and as well as you too. So, oh yeah, I was just on the phone with. Um, my colleague and I'm like, do you have your vaccine yet? Like, I really want to see you. I miss you so much. You know, (laughs) I mean, these are people that I used to see every day and now we meet on, you know, zoom meetings and right. Yeah. So the, uh, so the distillery started, as you mentioned in the early nineties. So this is 1995. James had started the distillery. Uh, obviously it's, it's still, it's still, the the oldest still making uh, rum distillery in the U.S. Um, right down there, and and the surprising part, uh, Katie, what I, I think a lot of folks, you know, when when I've done doing my reviewing, is a lot of people realize that wait a minute, this is New Orleans, and you know, there's no other rum distillery even back then, uh, even though it's in you know the part of the Delta, the the area where Kane, I think Louisiana is second to Florida in making uh uh cane and uh so it was like kind of really interesting that he went that approach and uh uh to to get into rum making rather than other you know other popular uh spirits in the area there so so there so so uh again as you mentioned the uh the craft cocktail so so you talk about a little bit your your journey there through you know from how you started out and then how you got to uh become the ceo Well, I'll just mention that James started making rum specifically because of all of the sugar cane in Louisiana. So, um, hey, there's someone at the front. Okay, I'm sorry about that. It's all right. 
So Louisiana is the second largest sugarcane producing state next to Florida. So it was actually a very natural thing for James to, to go after making rum. And a lot of friends have said, why not vodka? You know, especially in the 90s when it was like all the rage. Right. You know, why aren't you making vodka? And he was like, you know, we're the home of sugarcane. Let's make a really delicious rum. And then maybe we'll go from there. You know, um, so so rum was a very natural connection right off the bat. And who knows, maybe we'll make other things down the road. Uh, what was your other question? How did I get connected with the distillery? Yeah, yeah. OK, so let's see. I started working in the spirits industry in New York City in the, like 2007. And before that, I had worked in, you know, cocktail bars and was very passionate about cocktails. And being very passionate about cocktails is what brought me to San Francisco, to New York, and to Los Angeles, and then ultimately New Orleans. But once you become passionate about cocktails, you become passionate about spirits. And that's when I started working in the spirits industry in 2007. And then when I came to New Orleans... I met, I mean, I simply, um, I simply applied for the job <laughs> and they had a, they were looking for somebody to lead the distillery and I applied and we met and, you know, New Orleans is really, a, is funky town, right? We're so funky. And so <laughs> I met him. I met James at his art studio, which is like very chaotic, like an artist's brain, you know? So I met him in this environment. We spoke for hours about what's possible in the industry. We hit it off right away and we've worked together ever since. And right. that was, I think in 2013. So that, that's, that's uh, very cool. So how, uh, so it's still, uh, taking your passion for the craft cocktails right so in in how it you know do you tell us how you know, obviously how why that's important the relation between the obviously the the you know the spirits and the craft cocktails you know you can make some a product but again um why it's important to be able to uh, let people know here's the type of a cocktail you, you here's how to make a cocktail that you will enjoy our product so i think your question is uh what is the the relationship between a great cocktail and a great spirit and how do they work together right yes. and goodness well so before i moved to new orleans i actually worked at a rum bar in los angeles called kanya rum bar and i lived on a sailboat in marina del rey so I went there for a little bit after my time in New York to kind of like chill out. I went to LA, I lived on a sailboat, I worked at a rum bar and you know, life was good. Life was really good. And um, I made, you know, mostly rum, you know, cocktails there and drank all, you know, all kinds of rum every day, always tasting, always sharing, always talking about rum. And I brought that spirit with me to New Orleans, which is, I think, so it's no coincidence that I ended up, you know, uh, where I am. Right. But 
you know, working in that bar and trying many different rums in a daiquiri, something as simple as a daiquiri, you know, lime and sugar. A daiquiri can taste, has such a range depending on what rum you use. It can take on the personality of the spirit. So when, as we make our rums, I'm always looking at, will this make a good daiquiri? Will this be good in the most simple of recipes and the most complex of recipes? And I think everyone that makes spirits looks at um, their products from that angle. It's like, where is this drink going to go? How will it be best enjoyed? And they'll curate the notes of the product based on where they think, you know, people are going to be enjoying enjoying the drink and so for us in new orleans that can be in a hurricane it's definitely going to be in a daiquiri shaken or frozen you know we definitely love a frozen daiquiri too so <laughs> it's um it's important to look at what is going to be mixed with your spirits and make right. sure that they complement each other no and i i've always i i did a little bartending in or, or when I was much uh, less gray. And I always still always think that the daiquiri was, there was more to it than just, you know, three ingredients. And that's why I always was so, I guess, I don't know, scared or just kind of like, no, there's some, there's more to this. There's again, frozen daiquiri again, depending on where you you work, obviously not in a, probably places you, you bartended or made craft cocktails in is just dump the pre-mixed stuff, throw your rum in there, put it in the ice in the blender. And there you go. And there's like, there's more to it. Just three greens. Now there's something more to it. And sure enough. And that's, that's actually what I'm having here right now is uh, a daiquiri, very uh, simple made there with uh, some lime juice. And then this uh, simple syrup simple i can't say that all right I, i've only had i haven't even finished the first one there so i've got another crystal so um well so yeah so i think that's really to your point most people may tr trial and error their cocktails or even probably even making spirits but obviously with your background and experience knows what certain things will go together or certain things that acidity or sweetnesses to kind of put the right mixing of different cocktails and uh, uh, that people may have never ever tried before. Mm -hmm. So, excellent. so, so, so we, we, we see you, you're, you're there at the distillery. So um, can you describe the, the distillery and, and what all happens on a typical day? Well, our distillery is on Frenchman Street in the neighborhood of Gentilly. So it's like uh, a mile or two outside of the popular part of Frenchman with all the clubs and, and the shops. That's about a mile and a half down the road. Um, but we are on Frenchman Street in Gentilly. We've been here since the beginning. And this warehouse was orig originally uh it originally held cotton. It was an old cotton warehouse and it still has a lot of gorgeous, you know, wood beams and features throughout an original brick. So it's a really beautiful building. And then inside of it, we have, um, we have three stills and three fermentation tanks, molasses tanks, you know, um, like I said, it, all of our equipment was, um, 
repurposed dairy tanks. Louisiana had a very robust dairy economy that kind of shrunk and consolidated in the Midwest. So with dairy farms kind of going out of business, James was able to reuse a lot of that equipment. So it's very unique, you know, um, in that sense. So what happens in a, a day? Well, we give tours. We have a really fun um, tasting room and we have tours three times a day. And that has been the heartbeat of our business for a very long time. Being New Orleans, having visitors come to the city every day and like trying to really like share who we are and who the city is with people is, right. is a huge passion of ours. And it's fun. It's fun sharing, you know, rum with folks from around the world. So we've had a lot of fun doing that for 25 years. And uh, we've continued to do that as much as we can over the last year. You know, it might look a little different today than it used to, but we've adapted and we still have people at the distillery every day. Um, we're running the stills and we're making ferments um, just about every day. We're open seven days a week. And we have a couple fantastic distillers. Anthony Whiting um, is our head distiller currently. He's on paternity leave. He just had his third baby. Um, his, he just has a new son, Emmanuel, who's born uh, 11 pound baby. Wow, okay, congrats. so we're, we're so happy. We have a big baby in the family. And then we have another distiller, um, Maddie Ainsworth, who's here today. And I hope I get to introduce her. Maddie um is incredible and she focuses a lot on the ferments and so she's like a master fermenter um as well as distiller so they are the production team right now they're superstars i'm so grateful to work with such talent talented and loving people um we really have a, have a good crew over here and um that's so important to us yeah, and in in on our uh, previous uh, podcast with Karen from Montagna, you know, very much similar uh, about you know overseeing the employees, the people that work at the distillery. There, it's like a family. You know, everyone looks out for each other, treats each other really well. And again, you, uh, it's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to. Uh, you know, if you ever have transition to bring people in and out, but it's great that you have longevity. So what's, what's your longest, uh, longest or tenured employee? This is Maddie. I just want to introduce her real quick. And she's wearing her Louisiana Distillers Guild t-shirt. Oh, there you go. <laughs> this yeah. is so cool. Um, so I just wanted you to get to see her a little bit. Awesome. Yeah. This is Paul. Oh, Paul. It's nice <laughs> to meet you. This is Paul from and this is a live recording. So hi everybody. Hello. Yeah, we're, we're all we're all we're all, you, we're all YouTube famous. We're awesome. <laughs> so that's okay. that's <laughs> so, I just wanted to have a minute to meet her. Yeah. So um well at this point, gosh. My colleague Heather um Munch who runs has run the tasting room is probably the only employee that's worked here longer than I have at this point and Gavin Gavin Cress who I think has worked here for over 10 years and he's here too he's also a distiller um and at this point our whole team 
is mostly trained to to kind of do everything, you know, distilling, running the tasting room, kind of across the board. Um, so we have a couple team members who've been here over ten years. Wow, that's and and there are are they all Louisiana native or some of them? He- yeah, I think Heather and Gavin are both native. Okay. Ma is originally, I believe, from Oregon. And Anthony is also native. Yeah. Okay. Very He's from. Yeah. So, so they, they know, right? It's uh, home, home, homegrown and, you know, from uh, natives and that's, yeah. that's cool. So the, uh, you're talking about the distillery there and you mentioned tours. So, um, and you also offer a shuttle service to uh, the distillery from uh, the downtown the you know the, around the, the 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 touristy area there so so if i if i was staying in new orleans how would i get the shuttle to pick me up so the shuttle is one of the things that we paused during covid but we hope to have running again this summer but right now the shuttle is not running um due to some of the changes during covid but usually our tour bus picks up at the Organic Banana, which is a killer daiquiri shop in the French market. And it's on the lower end of the quarter. It is right next to the New Orleans Jazz Museum. It's right next to Louisiana Pizza Kitchen, which is a killer pizza shop that um, showcases a lot of James' original artwork also. Um, so that little section down by the river, um, at the far end of the quarter, the lower end of the quarter is where we, uh, do the shuttle pickup. No, that's that, that you, you can't beat that if you have a little too much. And that was my, uh, so totally don't know, didn't know what I was getting into when I came into New Orleans that one time I told you and, and I landed at the airport and I didn't rent a car and Lay says, Oh, you need a bus pass. I'm like, no, it's like. And I didn't, of course, didn't know. And, and I realized, oh, I have to buy this because the airport is nowhere near the uh, the French Quarter area. And so mm-hmm. we're like, oh, OK. And it felt like we were driving forever down, you know, down the highway to get to uh, uh, where we were staring, staying down in a uh, corner of Canal and Bourbon Street. So I guess right at the start there, the uh, Crown Plaza. That's what it was. We stayed there. Uh, so with New Orleans being, a, you know, a hot spot for visitors, you know, tourists and especially uh, Mardi Gras, you know, what kind of challenges have you faced during the pandemic or what have you done differently? As you mentioned, like with the, the tour buses, you had to pause. Well, to think back a year ago, almost to today, it was like almost exactly a year ago, probably this week. Um we started making hand sanitizer at the beginning of the pandemic and we made as much as we could possibly produce. We had a line out the door all the way down the the block for weeks. We were donating hand sanitizer left and right. We're giving it away. We were just like getting it out there. Um, That was the beginning of the pandemic. And I have, uh, you know, a four-year-old daughter. So I was home with her, you know, she wasn't in school and it was, um, so interesting, you know, never in a million years did I think someone will come to the distillery to buy a bottle of ginger root, a bottle of Cajun spice rum and a bottle of hand sanitizer. 
but that's how it goes now. So fast forward, that's like a normal day. Like you said, people come in and they, they taste rum and they leave with rum and hand sanitizer. So that happened. I, I learned very quickly the ins and outs of the hand sanitizer um, production and the industry itself. And I did that in partnership with a lot of other local distilleries. We were all kind of figuring it out together, which is a memorable experience. It was There was a lot of camaraderie within our industry. Um, and that's kind of how the pandemic happened. Luckily, all of our team members have been have been healthy, you know, and that was one of our biggest concerns throughout the last year was can we stay open and keep our team healthy what is the comfort level what is our comfort level what is their comfort level and we've been negotiating you know every day kind of you know always reevaluating where the city's at where where the virus is at where our team right. is at and so it's been a year of just like working together very closely to doing our best and we're so lucky that we're still open i mean right. like not not everybody is going to make it through this and we're so lucky to still be here you right. know i'm so grateful and that, that's that's really interesting uh that you mentioned about you know the other distillers in the area kind of all getting together and and, and talking to a distiller here in florida uh, who was getting into the hand sanitizer business, you know, or not business, but uh, the need, right? Answering the call. And they said there was a, there were some other challenges from, you know, whether it was regulations and certain things. And I don't know if you kind of face some of those too as well, but that camaraderie where I think the single most thing, at least probably in our lifetime that, you know, unfortunately other than maybe, you know, uh, something to do with a war, unfortunately, but, that everybody kind of came together early on, right? We all didn't know what to expect and we all had to help each other out. And, you know, and uh, it, it's been probably one of the, right. One, it's amazing what you can do when people become hyper-focused, right? On a, on a problem like that. So that's, that's, uh, that's interesting. And, and to your point is how do you make sure everyone is comfortable with safety of your employees and then as well as your, uh, your customers as well too. So that's interesting. It all happened once upon a bottle of rum. It all happened once upon a bottle of rum. For our mid-show rum review, Jami from Ready Set Rum gives us a review of rum from the Big Easy, Old New Orleans Rum. And if you want to check out the video of our rum review, go over to the Ready Set Rum YouTube channel. Welcome back again, rum lovers. It's me, Jamie here of Ready Set Rum, and today we have the old New Orleans rum. All right, so let's just, you know, all these bottles they usually have some information on the back, so let's just read through a little bit. New Orleans Crystal Rum. This is what we're going to start with. As the oldest operating distiller in America, we are shining star. No one knows rum like we do, using only local source, Delta Cane, and an artisan attitude. This spirit is a jubilation of New Orleans. Floral notes, grassy finish, distinguishes it. Pure, unalterated, fresh, award-winning rum. They said grassy notes. And my little experience on New Orleans, well, not New Orleans, but Louisiana rum, it is pretty grassy. Like uh, one other company I tried, 
it was pretty much close and rum agricole mm. so i expect similar pungent notes on this one it does not disappoint it doesn't disappoint <laughs> nose is similar to clarin uh, kind of clarin overproof type of smell on this it is it is pretty mellowed down like it is filtered so you can see how clear it is um if a rum isn't filtered even if it's on age it still has a yellow tinge to it so there is some filtering to get the color down and i guess also in the filtering you lose some of that pungency so have tasted louisiana rums before um this is definitely another product of louisiana it's definitely i just love that, that they really feature the cane in the rum and it's not lost and it's just filtered down and it's almost like vodka it's, it's yeah. definitely not vodka right. this is a to me i i really think it is a fresh cane spray all right so all we right. go to the other one this is the aged amber right so aged amber using local sauce again they sell an exceptionally smooth award-winning bourbon barrel aged blend amber is deceivingly elegant for sipping and superb award-winning life well-lived life okay so on to number two let's see what the nose is saying on this one get in some sweetness get in it's again a little bit of that pungency shining through but i'm getting more of that the legs are pretty thin so it's not that that well aged it's not like a 10 year or eight year or anything like that it's pretty smooth it was it was smoother it was lighter in flavor less pungent there's a smooth caramel sweetness to there uh, pretty decent rum. I'm not sure what the age is. So it's definitely, it's 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 not that old. The legs are running down the side, so it's not that old. And hmm, on that second sip, I'm tasting a bit more the pungency as the first one. Right. Yeah. All right. I can right. I can see myself sipping that. Hmm. There's a lingering finish on that. That last sip, it does have a pretty long finish too. So again, all New Orleans. You're batting two for two. Let's go on to the spice rum. One thing I recall is that they said that they had, I think, cayenne pepper in the in the spice blend for making the spice rum. On the nose, it's very unique. On, on the nose, it is way more, you get a bit, it's a very unique spice rum. It is not the typical spices. It does smell like molasses. It's one of those things that people always say things smell like molasses. Like this really does smell like molasses. Yes, here's my tea. Nutmeg, cinnamon, there's a little bitterness on the end. The taste and the nose to me doesn't match. Like when I smelled it, I was smelling a, just a simple molasses sweetness and just subtleness about it. And then the taste is just like pow! Cinnamon, nutmeg, there's some sort of molasses um, bitterness on, on the back end but I get like those two spices first of all yeah all right so tasting this I'm thinking of a uh, eggnog this would go to spike an eggnog this would be great because the spices in this they really match up well what you put in an eggnog so what that would be Thanksgiving time this is this is good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I am happy I've I've tried these rums today. 
Alright guys, this is another episode of Ready Set Rum and Ready Set Rum is taking you around the world three rums at a time. Cheers! So, uh, you know, not non-pandemic, but so what are some of the challenges, you know, that uh, that women face in this industry that men don't? Oh, interesting. Well, it's so funny. When I got pregnant, I was like, can I work in a rum distillery? I'm a pregnant lady. Like, how's that going to work? You know, I was like, well, how is this going to go? And James my boss was like it's gonna be so great we're gonna put a playpen in your office we're gonna hang out with the baby all the time like he was more excited about it than I am I was like oh my god no I need like she's going to daycare like you know it was um it was so but I have to say like I don't know that every woman has a boss like James that is like so stoked to have a baby around and is right. so like compassionate um that's definitely who he is he also has a daughter that i think is like 12 and so um all of our daughters have been able to like kind of grow up together now and it's been wonderful but that's something that's always a concern for women you know we we have babies and working in a distillery like you can't drink you know when you're pregnant like there's all that to deal with while um running a, a rum distillery so that's something that women definitely deal with you know not all women choose to have children but for those that do that's a challenge and then you know i distinctly remember going to a distilling conference and i've been to many but i you know i grew up with three brothers so i'm used to being around a lot of guys and I guess because I have three brothers, I kind of was like, okay, that's just how life is, you know? And when I would go to the um, distilling conferences, you know, they're most, it's mostly men. I'd say it felt, I, can't, I don't know the numbers, but it felt like 95% men. And when you see a woman, you're like gravitate to her. Like, wait, who are you? Where are you from? Tell me everything, you know? And it's kind of fun to like, when you get to meet other women in the industry and you get to connect, you get to bond. And that has been a fun, it, it's been a fun experience. Like I'm definitely close with the female distillers in Louisiana. Um, and it's nice to feel that, that camaraderie there with the women. Um, and I guess men probably, I, I can't speak to this exactly, but I'm guessing men don't have that same thing where when they go to the conference they're like where is more people like me because most everyone there is like them right yeah it's it's probably a different right it's a different kind of bond uh because there's right more more men or of of then and obviously like you said women or or other folks that are are, are people that are um, you know everyone's always going to kind of gravitate to something of similar you know of of, of like that so yeah so i'm guess that's a challenge or something that men don't understand it's just one of those things that it just it, it's there and there's no it's a different kind of bonding 
uh, than than maybe a little bit more uh, to somebody you know similar to yourself or or person. So yeah, that's I guess that's an interesting too. So so the so let's talk about the the products here. So I've I've got here with me is you know I picked up uh, three bottles. I was like I said I was traveling through Louisiana and I was looking for something that obviously I couldn't or didn't have back home. And I said, all right, all right, this is made here. I said, I'm going to buy them all because, again, who knows when I'll get a chance to. Uh, and that was, you know, sometime last year before I, you know, started learning more about the company and, um, and even some of the bottles. So one of the things, though, Katie, is was interesting was I had first, so I had, had not opened them for quite some time. I had first opened up the, uh, the Cajun one and... Mm. With, and I had it with a guest who was from Cameron, uh, Louisiana. So I, you know, broke the seal on that one. Had him try the the Cajun uh, 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 rum, and then the other two, the amber and the crystal. We had only just recently cracked that one open uh, this past weekend. Uh, one of our rum reviewers, uh, Jami from Ready Set Rum. Uh, I joined him for a rum review. He does rum reviews and, and different products. And so coming here probably within the next week or so uh, on his YouTube channel, he'll uh, you'll see our rum review that we gave it. And uh, uh, it's uh, it was definitely a something, you know, a different style than it was he used to. Uh, so I think you'll definitely get a kick out of our rum review and, and hearing how he uh, his uh, uh, his thoughts on the rum too. All good. All good. So. All uh, and so forth. So, so yeah. So, uh, so, so the uh, you want to talk through here? We'll go from I guess the would be from the crystal first. Yeah, yeah. So every all of our products start with the crystal rum. So the crystal rum is just our polished distillate. So it kind of goes into our our, our process. You know, we take um. A B-cut molasses is what we use to make our rums. And a lot of the, we choose that molasses because of the flavor profile and because of the notes that come out in the polished distillate. And it was several, it was when I, it was actually back in 2013 when I tasted our polished distillate coming out of the still. And I said, this is so good. We don't need to put anything else in this in this rum, like let's drink it as it is. And it is so delicious in daiquiris. When you mix it, that's when you can add the sugar. That's when you can add the lime, you know, but let's give people our quality spirit and then they can do whatever they want to it. So we're so proud of the quality of that product that we love how it tastes coming off the still. And that's so important to us. So there's nothing added to our crystal rum. Uh, it is as it is off of the still. And we take that crystal rum and for the amber, we put it in barrels. And for the Cajun spice, we steep it like a tea with the different um, herbs and flavors. So for, with the, or I should say spices. So with the Cajun spice rum, we take that um, crystal rum and we add chicory and vanilla and a little cayenne pepper and ginger and we spice it up. Now we don't spice it up like some other 
brands traditionally, you know, will use a lot of vanilla and we have a delicious vanilla, um, that we, that we use, but it's not the predominant flavor of the spiced rum. So it's still, you're going to get the notes of our, of our crystal rum in the spiced rum, but we're adding, you know, a very unique uh, list of spices to flavor that rum. And we make it like a tea where we let it sit for several weeks and infuse. Mm. And for the, um, Amber rum, we use a variety of barrels. So our barrels, I mean, we have, we've been open 25 years. So we don't currently, um, I think currently our oldest rum might be 17 years, you know, Katrina happened that shook us up a little bit along the journey. Uh, we did flood. And so we had, we took 11 feet of water and so all of our barrels wow. under that, that 11 feet, um, we had, we could not use, we could not sell. And um, they were, you know, considered classified as damaged during Katrina. So that put a wrinkle in, you know, our barrel planning, et cetera. But the, but the barrels that we do have are a mixture of oak barrels, whiskey barrels, um, cognac sherry barrels and Madeira barrels and coming from, you know, the cocktail world, I love sherry and Madeira. And so it's been really fun to play with those barrels and try new things. And so the Amber rum has a blend of rums from those different barrels. And depending on the drinker, you know, your favorite might be the Amber or it might be the spiced or it might be just a daiquiri with the classic um, crystal rum. Right. So that's a little bit about those. The uh, Katie, have you ever thought about doing a barrel swap with another distiller, a rum distiller? We have not. Part, yeah, we have not. We've not. Um, Mostly because we we're kind of busy, kind of playing with our own our own barrels. <laughs> we we stay pretty busy over here when it comes to the uh, product development and experimentation department. Yeah. So yeah, that's Who that knows? sounds I, like a fun that sounds like a fun department to be in. <laughs> it is. It is a lot of fun. So so what would you say is uh, sets old New, old New Orleans apart from other? other rums well well first of all i would say there's a sense of place you know the brand is old new orleans rum and the sense of place of the city was the reason that james started the company in the first place it's a expression of the soul of new orleans and of the community of new orleans and it's the products are designed to be of service to the people here, to be of service to Mardi Gras, to be of service of festival life. Festivals as a lifestyle versus an event. Like we live like every day. We're a part of, we're a part of that. And so these products were designed to fuel that, to participate in it and to help create and really stand for a community and a culture that celebrates, you know, life 
well lived in spite of circumstance, in spite of flooding or bad roads, we still get out there, put a costume on, have a, have a sip of some rum and dance, you know? So that's what sets us apart. And like I said, molasses flows here. So it's like a no brainer that we're making rum. It flows. And I think that like you, like we didn't really have to try like it was always meant to be that there would be this rum distillery on Frenchman street. Right. You know, is that, so is, uh, old new Orleans rum pretty much, uh, you know, the main rums in that are in most of, or all the establishments or since you've, since you've had, you've been around for a long time, you know, the name and, you know, so if you go into almost any establishment that serves, uh, cocktails, you, you or would you find from find the your rum is do you have that foot you know footprint i guess our rums are everywhere and so is um ginger they are everywhere and there's always places that we could be you know we're always out there with you know new places opening up and like and things like that and while we are the oldest we've been around 25 years there's more distilleries in the city and in the state now than have ever been. So the, where we used to be the only local rum at the grocery store or in the bar, there's now 12, you know? And so it's an exciting time to be a taster and getting to taste all the different flavors. And, you know, it is also more competitive. So it's, you know, bars don't have room for not, you know, 12 local rums. They're going to pick one or two. And so we definitely have to still do our work, you know, because while we've been here, you know, 25 years at the bars and the restaurants and the shops, the, the, the team there hasn't necessarily been there 25 years. So right. we have to go back and keep reintroducing ourselves, you know, over time, the work never ends um it's fun work to do that's so at it, least it, there's that. <laughs> yeah and it's and it's and to to that point you know, it's good to have some may say um uh you know comp when you have others and you're in a, in a space or competition or whatever it's good because then it kind of helps you know push and into to keep developing um you know, rather than being very complacent and so forth. So before, before I go, and again, and, and that's a beautiful way you described what sets you guys apart, because I think here, and let's see if I can find, and I know it might, it's going to be hard. It won't be able to come, come across on the camera, but that is really unique here. The inside label here in the bottle, like I said, I don't know if I can get it on the right camera shot here, but for those that can see it somehow. So you know, is that is that another one of James's kind of uh, kind of clever kind of creative ideas here to put some of his, uh, you know, some of that artwork in, in on the inside? Yeah, it is. So each of the bottles has a painting, one of James paintings on the inside of the back label. And that is a nod to, you know, his artwork, but mostly it's about what the city is. It's colorful shotgun houses, row houses lined up next to each other. And so the product is all about really capturing the city 
in all of its, you know, beauty in right. the image, in the flavor, in the touch and feel of the product. Um, yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's a, a, uh, an awesome, you know, thing to set some of the part again, most people initially probably wouldn't, you know, it's hard to, hard to tell with a full bottle of the Amber to see what's, what's on that label. But obviously with the, with the Amber or the, uh, the crystal and then obviously uh, the Cajun is a little bit, but as the bottle gets empty, which I guess is a good thing. Um, you start to see that and you're like, wow, that's kind of, you know, a, a very cool thing that you, have something a little different rather than, you know, again, you guys put a little bit more effort and thought into it rather than just slap the label on. And, you know, so again, it, it's, it's, I really, I said, I, I again had the bottle for a while and, and only, you only realized this the other day when I took a look at the bottle I says, wait a minute, there, there's, there's artwork on the inside of the bottle. <laughs> so it was very cool. So, so you mentioned ginger. So what, oh, yeah. yeah. So let's Let talk me about show that. you ginger. This is Ginger Roo. It's a 750 milliliter bottle with a swing cap on the top. And it's a kind of a yellowish neon green. And it's low proof, 10% alcohol. It's the crystal rum. And we just add fresh organic ginger juice, some cayenne pepper, a little bit of sugar, water we carbonate it and it is delicious it is so good you know it's definitely an easy it's an easy it's easy to drink it's definitely spicy so you have to like spice you know you have to like some heat but generally in new orleans the palates are a little uh, acclimated to peppers and spices and stuff um so it's designed to be refreshing and I mean, I drink it on its own, but you can definitely add some whiskey in there. If you're a whiskey drinker, you can put a splash in or you can put some, you know, amber rum in there and make like kind of a dark and stormy kind of cocktail. Okay. So there's things you can do with it. You can even heat it up in the winter um, to make like a hot toddy. It's mm. delicious. Um, but it's essentially a bottled cocktail but it was created, yeah, like in the late 90s, kind of before before craft cocktails were booming and before, definitely before uh, bottled cocktails were booming. Right. And, and, and you said it's carbonated, especially way before the big carbonated craze of now things that are mm -hmm. coming out in cans or, or whatnot. And uh, so that's a, way ahead of your time there. So I... I so if I was, so, so I, I obviously, if I'm having, haven't been traveling through Louisiana, what's, what's the best way I probably can get, uh, you know, buy some of the products? Well, let's see. I mean, our products are all over at, you know, the, um, the little boutique spirit shops, like the Vucare in the French quarter, you know, all the chain grocery stores have our products from, you know, Winn-Dixie to Bromart to um, there's a place called Aquista Paces, which is like a cool little local chain. And yeah, so any any wine and spirits shop, any grocery store, various bars and, and things like that. 
And can we order it online? Unfortunately, not at this time, but I am working on it. Okay. All right. Look, looking forward to it. You let me know as soon as that happens. <laughs> but then again, you know, you can twist my arm and come back to New Orleans to bring some home, right? Yeah, you definitely need to come back soon. Yes, for sure. So, and any so and something there to kind of wrap things around about the the products is that you know we talked about Louisiana being the second most uh, you know uh, sugar you know or molasses producer here, and and you source everything all here locally, uh, source in Louisiana the Louisiana area, right? Yeah, I remember the first time I went to um, one of the sugar refineries uh, out in Thibodeau, Louisiana, and like, it's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal industry, the sugarcane industry. And I was very happy to hear it was all, uh, it was a very green operation. You know, they used, they, they used their byproducts to make steam, to heat the machinery. Like, it's a very green um business and i was delighted to see that especially at the scale for which they produce it's incredible and what's so interesting about their business is they were like you know we've been using steam like since before there was electricity you know so like they were like we were a green business before you could even be not be green, you know, like you couldn't even not be green when we started this, you right. know, facility. And I just thought that was so cool. You we know? were green before green was cool. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was fascinating. And that's something I love about old industries, manufacturing, right. um, old world living, you know, I just, I find it so fascinating. Right. It's, it's, it's many people before us have done all sorts of things. And so whenever we look back and say, this is hard or whatever, say, well, you know, Hey, they built the pyramids or they built something or bridges that are, you know, you know, or whatever. And without the modern tech, the Hoover dam, without modern technology and tools and so forth. And yeah, that's it's kind ah. of cool to kind of put, puts things into perspective when, when you kind of mention it like that way. So, so, so as as we get kind of wrapping up here, Katie. So I've got, I've got a little bit of a. It's a little fun, a uh, little. Uh, I don't know. It's not a game, but a little fun uh, part of the show where usually with the drummers, it's called in four beats or less. But you are a not a drummer, but you are unless you unless you're a drummer, you are a drummer, um, and uh, but you're a rummer. So it's called actually in four sips or less. And these are basically a yes or no, or first thing that comes to mind kind of questions, right? Okay. So, okay. So what's something people don't know about New Orleans? Oh, gosh. What do people not know? (laughs) What do they not know? I don't know. I mean, when I look back to when I first came... I feel like you, off the bat, like off the bat, like the community is so tight. Mm. Like the community is so rock solid in it together. And I don't know if you know that until you're living it. You know I, what I mean? 
Yeah, I, I I would agree, and I think you kind of and and it's an interesting thing. I know we kind of didn't talk too much, but I think it's an interesting part. You know, a lot of people forget because it's been over fifteen years with Katrina. That again, how much it impacted your business. You talked about you had to throw a lot of products away. You guys were shut down for a year, uh, and still came back around, right? You you didn't kind of say, oh well, oh well, and um. I think probably what I would think that where you're, where you, where you, what you, what you mean by that is, I think people in New Orleans and Louisiana as a whole are really resilient people. Very hard, mm-hmm. you know, again to, hey, we've had this happen, go through it, and everybody, you know, rather get rallies around and uh, kind of uh, helps each other out, and especially after something like that. So, but yeah. We care a lot about each other. And you know a thing or two about hurricanes living in Florida. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you know. Let me knock on wood. I, I'm going to find the real wood. All right, I want to knock on the drumsticks. That's probably the only real wood I've got right in front of me, though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for sure, for sure. So, okay, so that, that, uh, that's a good one. So, um, so again, I was going to ask you this question here, uh, but... Again, he he apparently threw me for a curveball. I was going to ask you, was is Drew Brees going to retire or give it another year? And what did he do the other day? He retired. So yeah, he did. Oh my gosh! And he made this. I read this beautiful quote that he said he's going to spend the rest of his life trying to give back to New Orleans as much as it's given him. And I was just like, oh my goodness, this. I is the best. He is the best. He's, he's I, and we we ever all of us that live here in South Florida kick ourselves when we gave passed on him when he had opportunity to sign or have bring Drew Brees to Miami. But uh, yeah, he's I I know he's done a lot. He's you know even though he's you know I, I don't think he's from originally from Louisiana, right? Um, oh. Yeah. So, but he's still he's in, in, embraced the city and uh made it like you know like he was you know one of their sons born sons there but yeah he's done a lot of awesome stuff he's you know really super super good guy so i think it was a pretty cool uh uh picture that i saw it was after tampa played the saints during the playoffs this year and they they were showing uh breeze son was playing catch with tom brady or vice versa and it was like you know, in, in anyone else's world, it'd be like it's mind blowing to kind of think like how cool that is. But yet to them, that's kind of their life that they live around. They know each other. But it's like you're playing catch with Tom Brady, you know. So but, you know, but I know they have a lot of admiration for each other, too. So but all right. So here here we're and we're going to and I've, I forgot I skipped over a little bit about music. So I want to come back around after we get through this. But so which music festival? New Orleans has lots of music, as we talked about. Right. So. The Voodoo Music Experience or the Jazz and Heritage Festival? I have to say Jazz Fest. I have to say Jazz Fest. You know, yeah, I have to say Jazz. Yeah, hands down. <laughs> hands down. Okay. And now James Head has been a featured artist there, right, for the uh, for the festival. Is, is that right? Six times. Yeah. So that's a, that's pretty, again, it's a cool, cool festivals where it's also not just music, but it's also the, the culture of that. And, and that comes with along with the, the jazz. So, all right. So when fram, family and friends are in town, where do you recommend a place to go to dinner? Oh boy. Oh boy. 
Oh, that's a big question. You know, when I first started coming to New Orleans, I'd stay at the Monteleone Hotel and right across the way is the Green Goddess. And I love the Green Goddess restaurant. I mean, they only have like six tables outside in um, an alley. It's gorgeous. And the, it's, the food is like incredible because it's full of flavor, but they also cook with a lot of uh, unique and local uh, ingredients. And um, it's not... It's not necessarily your like Cajun or Creole food, but it's a lot of Cajun and Creole flavor um, in unique dishes. So I really love the Green Goddess. And the Pelican Club right across the way is also a fantastic restaurant that that's where I go for like a fancy dinner. I always get the whole fish. It's, a, it's another incredible spot. Thank but there's are. a huge list. You know, we could do a whole podcast just on that. <laughs> I know it's it's one of those uh, uh, points of the universe there, and you and you've been in a lot of the big cities where there's a lot of great food. And uh, one of our previous guests was on, uh, who's traveled, work he's worked with the House of Blues and was able to travel around to different cities and how Chicago, New York, and I think he did a little bit of time in New Orleans. And uh, so again, talking about the different styles that they have, uh, and the, obviously in each city, so and so forth. So, so let me come back to to music there. So I know when we were doing our pre-show chat there, we were talking about you know music that you were you were kind of in, into at the moment, and it was uh, the Sufferers. Uh, and again, not not her had heard them before. Again, there's 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 so much. So don't anybody's listening don't hold it against because there's so much new music out there. That's, that's very hard. But again, when somebody, you know, you meet you and they mention some other music that you, it's not in your path and they just kind of throw it out there and then you're like, and you go listen to it and you're like, Oh my God, these guys are great. You know? And, and I, when I, so when I checked out that song that you reference, um, I was like, there's just her, her voice is just awesome. Right. And um, I think it's a can. I think Cam. I think that's. I think I. I, I might be wrong, but. Um, but yeah, it was such a great, uplifting song there by the Sufferers. And again, they're. I know they're. Uh, you know, they're they're Texas-based man, but they're. Uh, just yeah, so, so energy. I, you know, again, as you mentioned, why why you listed that during, again during this time of this over the past year we've gone through. But yeah, I mean, so what what are what other music or, or again, you want to kind of go into a little bit more about the sufferers. What are some, some music that I like to besides the sufferers? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I feel like the lost by you ramblers, I have to talk about them. I feel like I should definitely talk about sweet crude, which is another great, like Louisiana band and, um, Mashia Lake and the little bighorns. I mean, all, those, those three are people that you could see regularly playing at the clubs on Frenchman, on Bourbon, nationally and globally. They travel and they bring Louisiana sound, you know, everywhere now. I'm so excited for them um, and their success and feel lucky that I could just walk across the street and see them uh, too, you know, so a lot, what I love is their big bands, you know, their big bands with um, uh, lots of string in instruments and things like that and bold 
uh, tones and voices. I mean, very, very cool. Yeah, you, you can never uh, underestimate uh, the power of horns and in, in amongst any band because it, again, it gives such a different, different you know uh, feel of you know horns or or something like that. I I and so I'll, I'll probably give you the example is I went and saw the Roots play here in West Palm. And I think it was, I don't remember what year now it was, but it was the Prince had just recently uh, had died and we have a, we have a big festival of, well, nothing compared to New Orleans, but uh, we have our local festival here in West Palm beach called Sunfest, and they performed here. And I, I, I was like, again, big fan of quest love and have known, known about the roots before they were even on Jimmy Fallon's show. And, and I told my wife, I said, yeah, I said, we're going. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm so totally like focused in on it. And I watched the whole thing and these guys did not take a break. I think they played for almost two hours and they just played and it was May. And so it was very hot already. And, uh, you know, quest loves wearing a jacket. I don't know how he didn't die of heat exhaustion, but they played for like, I think two hours straight. And I felt like I was at like some religious experience because again, there was so much energy though. You know, like you mentioned the horns and, you know, and I mean, but the roots are, they're just an awesome band. So, but actually so awesome. So yeah. So hopefully once we all start getting our vaccines and the herd human, it heard herd immunity and, and try to get back to normal. I know everyone's itching to start to go back to see music, especially there in your city, huge music city. And, um, but as you mentioned, things are starting to kind of come back to a little bit more open. Obviously people still would need to kind of be careful and, and so forth. Um, but so uh, Katie, so in in closing, in what what advice or inspiration can you share for those, you know, who are looking to pursue their passion? For those looking to pursue their passion, yeah. in spirits, kind of generally speaking, I think, um, I think in general, yeah, you know, generally for you know okay. for women's, you know, women's, you know, um, you know, month here is kind of as as a CEO of, you know, uh, company, yeah. Advice to pursue your passions. Or just in general, maybe I mean, in general, maybe. Man, I, I think you got to like follow your heart, you know, and not, I think you got to just really follow your heart. You know, that's what brought me to New Orleans. I didn't have a job lined up. I didn't have a place to live. I didn't, I left like a big hotshot job in New York City and I came here with nothing. And I was just following my heart. I didn't know what was going to happen. I just knew I love this place and it's where I wanted to be. And these are the people I wanted to be with. And then I became the CEO of a rum distillery. Like I couldn't have dreamt of a better opportunity, you know, I, so that was just me following my heart. And it's no coincidence that I met another person like that, James Nicolopoulos, the kind of person who followed his heart and has fortunately seen a lot of success along the way, but it's only by really following his artist's heart, you know, and my art is people. If I'm being honest, like I love people and that's what this whole experiment of life and rum and New Orleans is about for me. It's the connection of, you know, the, the humanity. And so 
I think that if you just do what's true to yourself, whatever the results are, will honor your spirit. Excellent. That, that's awesome. And again, this is when it comes to this, it's, it's the spirits and, and what, what we love about it, whether it's like we talk about the music or whether sharing a cocktail or, or spirits, it's a very much a social thing and to be able to share. And that's, that's something I, you know, when I started out originally with the podcast, I really wanted to be everything was more in person. I got three episodes in, two episodes in, and then lockdown happened. And then I had to figure out how to, how to do this, you know, remotely. And then it's like, well, there's a, it, I, you know, it's different, right. And to be able to be, you know, in person with somebody and sharing the stories and chatting and sharing a, a drink or two. So, but yeah. Um, so yeah. The connections, I totally, totally hundred percent agree with that. So that's awesome. So, so, um, so Katie, any, anything uh, we get, try to folks to check out or any promotions or, you know, what, what do we need to kind of tell uh, the listeners to, uh, just, I'm just going to say, come to town come visit us when it's, when you feel safe, when it's healthy, just come visit as much as you can. We, we love you. We want you to be here. We can't wait till you come back. Awesome. All right. So I'm looking forward to it. So there you go. You get an open invitation from Katie. And then again, if you go do this distillery tour, Go down and uh, go to the daiquiri stand there and get your tour bus, pick you up and uh, bring you on over. And uh, and who knows, you know, maybe some of you may actually just decide to stay there permanently in uh, New Orleans, you know, it draws you into the big easy. So so I like to thank you, Katie, for coming on to the podcast and talking about rum, you know, your passion, your story, your journey. Um sounds like you know you got an awesome great place thank you for introducing to some of your employees there as well um and i love the, the the little bit of the tour we got there while um while we're on the zoom here uh in the background uh so this episode will be available on all your favorite podcast locations on thursday march 25th also tune in to our next live stream podcast with our drum with with drummer Angelina later tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Check out the event on our Facebook page. She's a, a young up and coming drummer here in South Florida. So looking forward to chatting with her. And then please check out Drums and Rums podcast and give it a like, follow, subscribe, all those whatever we now call it. As also there's other great episodes out there to check out. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, subscribe to YouTube pages, visit the website. And make sure you go check out, you know, if you're to get a little bit more information about uh, Celebration Distillation and, and Old New Orleans Rum, go to www.celebrationdistillation.com, if I can say that, and also www.oldneworleansrum.com as well, too. So that'll take you to both uh, to the websites there. So check out more to learn about a little bit more about them. And uh, so if you follow them on Instagram, they got a lot of great stuff that they've been posting up on Instagram as well, as well too. So again, I thank you. I appreciate Katie. So, uh, so this is uh thank you all. Have a great day. This is where the backbeats meets the spirits. Thanks all. If you like what we're doing here at drums and rums, we have a Patreon link to help with setting up interviews and creating content that you find entertaining and interesting. Also, if you'd like to sponsor advertise on the podcast, or if you want to come on as a guest, 
to promote something related to the show, email me at info at drumsandrums.com. Please leave a rating or review over on iTunes or on your favorite podcast location to let me know that you like the podcast and that there's others know it's a podcast they should listen to. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Lastly, I want to thank Brad Brock for our mid-show rum feature tune titled Once Upon a Bottle of Rum. And check out his podcast, Jams and Cocktails. Also, Kirk S. for our Drums and Rums tune. Thanks again for listening, where the backbeats meet the spirits. <laughs>